G'day, everybody. It's time for the Proud and Redders NDCA podcast. Without any further ado, Dan Proudman, it's a very good evening, sir. Hello, David. How are you, mate? Going all right. Very happy after a pretty good weekend of cricket. Uh, we got to share some cricket on Sunday, which we'll talk about in a little while. It was a good day out there. And, uh, yeah, good good game, good weekend of cricket all around. Can't complain at all, can you? No, 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 it was very much so. Okay, on to NDCA results. So Toronto have had all sorts of problems at Ron Hill. I really do feel sorry for the for the Kookaburras people. Uh, Ron Hill's been very wet of late. Again, they had to abandon. So Toronto and Waratah abandoned without a ball being bowled. Then on to the other games. Walls End 64 defeated by Stockton Northern Dushies, who who got those runs quite comfortably at 65. Um, West, the same sort of thing, dismissed CBs for 63 and got their runs three down with bonus points. Newcastle City, three for 243, defeated Belmont, 162. Uh, again, moved to Charlestown Oval, the very tiny Charlestown Oval. Uh, Charlestown on the back of a Daniel Arms century, six for 275, over Hamwick's 210. And in a game that we'll look at first, a real thriller of a game, at Bernie Curran Oval. Dan Proudman, your boys, the Merriweather Lions, on the back of a, a pretty important half century from a veteran Merriweather player, uh, got home over uni 109 to 108. Let's go to that game first, Dan. Sounds like a pretty tight, tough game of cricket. Was the wicket okay? Yeah, there was nothing wrong with the wicket at all. Um, the guys were saying um, afterwards that it was great. The outfield looks great out there now. They've got a big mower out there, so it's flat. The ball was running quite well. It was just... Um, to be honest, I think it was a good bowling more than more than a poor wicket. Um, um, university uh, went in and only only ended up with one hundred and eight um, uh, off the of twenty nine and a half overs. Norville twenty one, um, Harriet fourteen, Stafford sixteen, Josh Bennett sixteen, and Rodham sixteen. Um, Never really looked like they were going to. They they kicked off. They were thirty nine of four overs, if you believe, if you believe David. So ah uh, yes, I would. Looking at the the scoring rates, not both Norville and Harriet go very very fast, yeah. and Norville gives them an absolute bit of tap when he gets going. So I would believe thirty nine off four, Daniel. Yeah, so they, they they smoked them early, and and the guys dragging them back. Sam Holding actually bowled beautifully, three for twenty off eight. Um, Jeremy Smith um, came on um, third change, which is unlike him. He usually takes the new rock three for 13 off five. Um, Zach Stanbridge took one and uh, Sam O'Sullivan took one as well as Geary, all out 108. Um, so you would have thought Merriweather in front. And then all of a sudden, uh, enter Josh Bennett and um, Tom O'Neill and Merriweather were four for 14, five for 28 and in all sorts of trouble. Um, Celebrate for Nort, Egan, not many, Mayo, not many, Houlihan, Nort, Pat Holding, not many, five for 28. Then the skipper, Josh Geary, and um, Geordie Van Kemenade um, sort of um, got us back to about, I think it was about six for 60 or something like that. And then Jeremy Smith came in and, and got us, got married with a home with, with Josh Geary, who ended up 50 not out, um, Jeremy Smith 20 not out, and, and they got them 60. And, is about three and a half overs to spare, but a, a really tight, tight tussle. Um, when it's 110 versus 110, um, yeah, fair game of cricket. Um, in the end, obviously, Uni just didn't get enough runs, but at five for 28, Merriweather were in all sorts. 
Tell me, was Benno in pretty good form? Was he ripping in? Yeah, the ball he got Pat Houlihan especially um, was an absolute belter. Um, he's been in pretty good touch, Pat Houlihan, and um, short of a length and just flew off the wicket um, um, to first slip. Um, yeah, he, he bowled, bowled very well. And that's that's sort of deck, I think, that um, that he likes too. It, it, it's a good deck out there. Like I said, there was nothing wrong with the deck at all. No, good, very, very good player. So, yeah, very good win for Merriweather and it could end up being an extremely important one. Over to George Farley Oval where uh, Walls End was sent in by Nick Foster. Dan Clark produced a typical George Farley Oval wicket. Little bit in it. Looked good, good bounce, good carry. And um, Walls End dismissed for 64. Um, Dan, you've seen Adrian Chad bowl um, in your time as our Newcastle zone scorer on a wicket with just a little bit in it and how how clever he can be. Well, this wicket had a little bit in it and Chatty tore through the top order, finishing with four for 23 of seven, Lincoln Melmoth three for eight. And uh, top score was Cal Gabriel with 16. That was a pretty comprehensive performance, some good catches taken. Um, but the wicket just with a bit in it and it might've been a good toss to win. Would you have always opened up with him, Dave, or do you think it's because Nick knew there was something in that deck that he, he threw Chatty the new rock? That's a good question. I mean, he likes to use Lincoln Melmoth as first change bowler. Chatty has been opening a bit this year, uh, along with our, our young Tyro, Daniel Adele. Um, I would have thought Fozzie would have seen that wicket, and Fozzie's definitely, definitely the opinion that if there's wickets with a little bit in it, then Chatty's your man. As I said, I'm referring to the state country final in Goulburn a couple of years ago where Chatty had it on a string on a wicket that was much worse than this. Just There was nothing wrong with the George Farley Hour wicket. But as you've seen, Dan, Chatty can be very, very dangerous and he, because he can move the ball, especially with wickets that have just got that little bit of seam in it. And this pitch seemed all day. I thought Pat McGann bowled quite well for Walls End in the second innings. But as uh, I've said before, Chatty, with, when you get in with a wicket with a bit in it, can be very handy. And then Stockton went out there. Logan Weston and Nick Foster got the runs very, very quickly. We got them at 11.4 overs. Yeah. Um, Pat McGann was hitting the gloves very, very hard and seen the ball. Uh, the, one of the first balls Fozzie got from him nearly cut him in half. But, uh, yeah, look, it was um, a pretty comprehensive performance from, from my boys. And, uh, yeah, the wicket with a bit in it. And I, I, I thought we were pretty professional throughout the day. It's, it's a very good win. And, of course, Wallsend had been flying before that. So, you know, can't say much more than it was an impressive performance. Well, I think I said last week it might be 300 versus 300. Well, I couldn't have got a much, <laughs> much more wrong than that, could I, I suppose? No price, no dice, I suppose, for Wallsend. Yeah, look, Nathan didn't play, but yeah, look, it was pretty satisfying performance nonetheless. Over to uh, Harker Oval, where West produced a typical West performance, dismissing Carter for 63. Uh, Aaron Bills, three for 15. James King bowling his Dibley Dobblers, two for eight on a rare day with Joey Price had a day off. And they dismissed them for 63. And one of the highlights of the innings was uh, the amount of runouts. There, there were th three runouts in the top five. Um, and there's a very funny video going around. I'm not sure if you saw it on Sunday, Dan. I won't mention the player's name, but the, the one of the players that was run out wasn't overly happy with his run out. Let's just say that, ladies and gentlemen. And it's there in, in video. But a very good performance of the ball. Dismissing Carter for 63, Dan. Well, it's amazing. We were talking about, you know, Wall's End, who were, you know, had scored well over 200 a couple of times and, Cardiff had been doing so beautifully too, hadn't they? So 210, 225, and then they come out and do that. Obviously, West are 
you know, still the benchmark, but that they'd be they'd be pretty dirty about that. I would have thought the CBs they they'd put in two good performances, got beat both times, and then they get smoked by uh, by the minor last year's minor premiers. So um, and, still a bit more work to do, and yeah, West just keep they just keep trucking along, don't they? They're doing exactly I, the same they did last year and the year before. They do indeed with a, a few different cattle. Um, one yeah. of which Lancaster, one of which Lancaster um, hit four bombs in his thirty-eight knot. West got the the, the got them three down with Zach McGuigan still at the crease. Um, Eleven point three over, so another, almost identical. The Wests and the um, Stockton results. The scores are almost identical, and the overs chased, but a very very good win. As and as Dan said, they just keep on trucking on, don't they? Good for Derby Day too when you're finishing it up past two in the afternoon, David. I assume so for those people that don't mind a, a punt on Australia's best day of racing of, of the lot. Belmont 162. Uh, they're in all sorts, Belmont, but um, a middle-order revival from Cam Claridge who made 20. And then Dom Simon, 63 of 46. Now, I've seen Simon's bat before, uh, and he can yeah. you know be quite obdurate. Four and four for, for Dom. He just belted them all over the place. You'll see why in the bowling figures. Luke Muddle, his usual cameo down the bottom of the order, 26. James Burke, 16. Cal Fowler, two for 70 off eight. So I would suggest to you that Simons has ripped into him. Ben Patterson, superb, two for 22 off eight. And Finn, two for 26 off eight. And Alex Solo, left arm orthodox, been a 2.2 overs, two for seven. So Belmont left a few overs in the shed. They left 4.4 overs in the shed. And they would have been disappointed in uh, being dismissed short of 40 overs at their home ground, Dan. Yeah, they would have. Um, I saw Don... I think he scored a few against us was last year. Um, he might have even opened against us, I think. He did. And got a few against us last year. And, and when he hits them, they stay in. No doubt about that. So, um, you know, I've got no, that doesn't, no real surprise there. But yeah, they, they, they were a bit short. City um, obviously kicked off nicely, didn't they? And um, um, did what they did. That's a very, very good score, especially down there at, at Belmont, too, which can be. Um, a little bit harder to score off when it's a bit damp. So um, that's a really good um, score from them from City. And yeah, um, just too good. We thought that might have been the case, didn't we, at the start of last week? Um, and We did. And remiss to be Newcastle City, three for 243. When Ben Patterson came to Newcastle City, uh, this sort of situation is tailor-made for him to finish off an innings. Pato ended up with 65 off 36 with six fours and three zacks. Carter made 77 off 57. He finished with eight and three. And youngster Harrison Alomes, Dan, who's been in very good form this year, 59 of 113. He doesn't score quickly, but he does score them. And City made 243 of 40. And the best of the bowlers was actually Dom Simons, who finished with one for 33 off his eight overs. But a pretty good win there for Newcastle City. But when Ben, ben Patterson's given that situation against a tiring attack, he can be absolutely lethal. And that's exactly what happened the weekend. 65 not out of 36 for the skipper. Yeah, and like you said, uh, Alarms, he's, he's, he's put in a couple, quite a good score, I think. Actually, he scored a 64, I think, might, maybe something like that in the, the second round and then 20-odd last week. So um, he's, he's putting some really decent scores together at the moment. Absolutely. Now, in a game that had some live scoring issues, and of course, this is happening right around Australia at the moment, but we do know the scores. Uh, Charles had six for 275. At Charles Oval. That's a massive score. But when you see Charles Oval, you understand that it's not that big. And Hamilton, we can finish up 210 chasing. Um, 
uh, an unbelievable performance by Charlestown. They were at one stage two for 220. Daniel Arms 107 off 94 with an eight and four. Well done to Armsy. And Dan Chillingworth 71 off 94. And Adam Winchester, as he did on Sunday, Dan, finished off the innings nicely. 26 off 14 with one and two. Some pretty hairy bowling figures. Matt Labar, three for 51 off seven, was lion-hearted. And uh, he was by far the best of the bowlers, three for 51. And then Hamilton replied up 210. Reese Handel made 75. And um, Skip Ben Balkan made 40. Um, but Hamwick's ended up finishing 60 runs short at Charlestown there. Dan, and a good win for the Magpies. Yeah. Um, it's a good ground, though. We played there a few years back. First game of the season. It is a quite a nice little ground there. And um, I think there was 100 scored against us that day, too. Um, but, yeah, fantastic for Armsy. Um, and I think him and Dan put on about 180. So that's really solid. It doesn't matter how big or small the ground is. If you're um, putting on 180, you're batting very, very well. So um, that's great for them. And it's great for, obviously, representative cricket going forward. So really solid win from Charlestown. Bouncing back from that, you know, under par performance or poor performance, I suppose you could say, against Stockton the week before. Um, and Hamwick's are just, just that little bit off, aren't they? They've just been a bit off each week. So, um, yeah, solid from Charlestown. Well done to them. Uh, I'm not going to put the mock on them again, but they're um, they're back. Oh, okay, so you're not going to put the mock on them. Is this correct, Daniel? <laughs> I wouldn't do that, mate. I would hope not, Dan. <laughs> the kiss of death, ladies and gentlemen. There he is right there. Okay, so Dan and I had the privilege of watching some Plan B regional bash games at Thornton Oval, and thanks to the people up there for looking after us. The ground after a pretty hectic winter was in good nick, uh, a dry pitch that turned a bit but was quite okay, and the hospitality, as always, in the Hunter Valley was excellent. Newcastle Blasters uh, this had kept Hunter Thoroughbreds to six for 87 um, off their 20 overs. Um, Josh Trappel finishing with 32 and Joey Price 14. And uh, the bowling highlighted by the spinners for uh, Newcastle Blasters, Aaron Bills, two for 12, Dylan Robertson, two for 15, Nathan Hudson, one for 22, and Aaron Wivell getting a trundle as well, none for, uh, none for eight. Josh Bennett, one for 14. Josh McTaggart on debut, none for 15. A very good performance with the ball, Dan. And then finishing the business with the bat quite comfortably with Jacob Montgomery whacking the ball. He hits the ball so cleanly. And one of your very own, a 35-year-old debutant, Ben Egan, you must be thrilled. And I'm sure he, I know he was thrilled to be there on debut, finishing with 10 not out. That would have been a very big moment for Ben in his cricketing career. I've got no doubt. Yeah, he's really excited about getting the start. And yeah, and, and it's... It, it shows that you know you're never too old if you if you you put the effort and and, and get the results. He's been you know Merriweather's best bat for the last couple of years now and averaged I think well over forty and at least got over four hundred runs for two years in a row. So it's fair to say that he deserved his spot. And although he went in with not many to get, he still had to get them. Um, and he did the right thing, just poking them around and letting Monty uh, just fly like he was. He was in, in outstanding form, wasn't he? But yeah. Oh, yeah. he hit the ball so crisply, Dan. Yeah, beautiful. Because it's not the smallest ground there, either. There's a couple of big boundaries there at Thornton, isn't it? And, um, the, po the pockets are big here. It's long straights, much shorter square, but yeah. it is a decent hit straight to hit there. Although I think Joey Price makes most grounds look small. Yes. 
But you're right, it was set up by the bowling and, and fielding, to be fair. Their, their ground fielding, I thought, was outstanding. Um, yep. A couple of fair catches. But, yeah, their, their bowling and especially their, their slow bowling for, for Newcastle, I thought Aaron Gills was, was brilliant. as well. Superb. Absolutely superb he was. Yeah. Almost unplayable. I mean, two for 12 or four um, is, is extraordinarily good. And like I said, Dylan Robinson wasn't far off either, so... Really solid performance here from the Blasters first up with their um the massive game now obviously against uh, Lake Mac um what a week a week to, a week yesterday I think uh, no first of all they've got the Central Coast so the Blasters play twice next week they've got Central Coast next Tuesday followed by the uh, uh that huge game but the but that's a very good Central Coast team and they've got to get past them first so. Yeah. Uh, I suppose you got to go one step at a time. And then the Thoroughbreds backed up and played Lake Mac. Thoroughbreds ending up uh, with nine for 106 off 20 overs. Again, the spinners doing the job here. Daniel Chillingworth was superb. Three for nine off four. Daniel Williams on debut, three for 13. And Pat McGann is uh, bowling quite sharp at the moment. He is not the slowest bowler and he's bowling quite well. Two for 15 for Patrick. A very good performance with the ball by Lake Mac. And then a few jitters with the bat. Um, they ended up 7 for 112. Dan Bailey got them home, 27 not out. And also Adam Winchester finished innings nicely. We ended up 20 not out. He had a massive six to finish the game. I thought they were pretty impressive. A guy called Dalabozek, Sam Dalabozek, who I've never seen before, four for 16 bowling, military medium at best, four for 16 or four. He just put the ball in the right spot. And I know the boys weren't overly impressed with their performance. Jeff Ginnett actually top scored with 28. But they did the job like Mac. They're now two from two. And we'll sit back and watch the Blasters play the Central Coast next Tuesday. Uh, um, with, to a certain extent, their destiny very much in their own hands. But a solid enough win. But they would have wanted to have done better than 7 for 112, Daniel. Yeah, you would think so. Um, obviously, I wasn't. I didn't get to see that second game. I had to come home and do some work. But um, I was following it on my cricket. Yeah, of course, you, you want to win by more than three wickets when you roll the side for 106. But... At the end of the day, they got things done. And it's one of those things, and I think Shane Burley says it a lot, and the, and the team says it a lot themselves, is that, um, you know, they don't necessarily rely on someone else. And they've got so many match winners, you know. So, you know, when you've got Bailey, Dan Bailey coming in at, what, eight or nine or whatever it was, and doing what he did, 27 or 26, and just changed the game completely. I think they were about five or 60, weren't they? So, um, and, and Yep, they were. And off they went. And he, and he only got out with a couple couple to get to, didn't he? So, um, yeah, a little bit jittery there. When I looked at that, that, you know, six for 60, I thought, oh, but um, when you knew, you know, what was still coming in, um, it was still pretty comfortable that they'd, they'd get the job done. And, you know, if a lot of those guys aren't going to miss out a lot of the times. So when you've got, um, you know, Arms, Chad, Dixon, Gillard, Chillingworth all missing out, you'd have to think that a few of them are going to get some against the Bastards in eight days' time because they're not going to miss all going to miss out two days, two games in a row, are they? No, and um, uh, on, on what should be a belter of a track at number one. So, no, Lake Mac two from two, Newcastle one from one, and very solid performances there. The, the um, I know the head coach, Shane Bell, is very happy with the way the teams are going, but always asking the guys to strive to be better, which uh, has come through on our WhatsApp group during the week, and the guys have taken that, uh, that sort of, uh, observations from Shane uh, well and that they practice well today I know that 
On to NDCA first grade this weekend. So uni are hosting the Carter Fall Royal Bernie Carr and Oval. Charlestown are hosting Walls End. Now on the My Cricket app, that's got that as Cahiba, but I suspect that that's still, that will revert to Charlestown. We'll try and get back to you on that at a later stage if we can. Hamwicks and Waratah, this is listed at Passmore. Hopefully they'll get back there, Hamilton. Belmont hosting West at Carl Oval. The inner city derby, this will be a great game of cricket. Merriweather hosting Newcastle City. In fact, I think that's the game of the round, clearly. That game at Townsend. And then Stockton, let's hope the weather's been very good this week and we're very hopeful of getting on at Ron Hell Oval. Uh, Toronto hosting Stockton. Um, some huge games there. Yeah, that Merriweather-Newcastle City game is massive, Dan. Yeah, I think that'll be a, a, a pretty good game. I think Charles Samuels end will be an absolute belter as well. You know, if you take out that game last week of Wall's End, you know, they were the form side, weren't they? So them and Charlestown, they'll be both be right up there at the end of the year. And I think that'll be an absolute belter wherever they play that. Um, and uh, yeah, Merriweather City um, should be very tight. Um, and and the rest of them too. I mean, there's all of these sides have sort of had, you know, a little bit scratchy here and there, but the it's shown already this year that even the sides who have, have struggled in the last couple of years have put on very good performances. Um, Belmont's already won one. CBs have scored over 200 twice. So, you know, the comp's looking really healthy, Dave, and good luck to everyone on Saturday. Absolutely. No. Good luck to everybody. Should be a cracking game. There's some cracking games of cricket. Um, Charles Center Walls End should also be a big game. It's important for some... So we'll just have a look before we go. Um, this, to be quite honest, I believe this letter looks like it's pretty much up to date. Um, and we'll go from 12 up. So on four points of Carter, five points, Waratah Mayfield, Hamilton, five points, Toronto, six, Charlestown, nine, Belmont, 11, Uni, 11, Merriweather, 11, Newcastle City, 14. Newcastle City is the only team in Newcastle to play all four Saturdays. Then Walls End on 16, Wests on 21, and Stocko on 21. Dan, if the final of the Tom Locker Cup was played now, it would be Stockton and West who are in different pools. Um, they would be the two protagonists for the final of the Tom Locker Cup, which is on the 13th. So these games this weekend are absolutely pivotal as to see who can get through to the Tom Locker final. It's the last game of the one-day round. And you would have to think that Stockton and West are both firm favourites. Stockton got Toronto, West have got Belmont both away, but um, you'd have to think they're both firm favourites. So I'd be, I'd be quite surprised if both of those aren't playing in the final. Yes, I suppose the only thing that could happen is if one of them gets upset and Walls End in particular come home with a bonus point win, that's a distinct chance. Um, but yes, well, and that, that would not stop in it. I think Wests are pretty safe in their pool, to be quite honest with you. Um, so, Sorry? Or the weather, I suppose. <laughs> yes. If it, See, the thing is, if you get the weather and you get a draw... Um, you do get the three points, which puts West to 24 and Stockton to 24. Yeah. That puts them out of sight because the maximum amount of points, please correct me if I'm wrong, you can get actually seven. seven. That's right. So Walls End would have to win and possibly win well and get themselves to 23. And if Stockton or West, uh, well, it's only Stockton who are vulnerable. West, I think, are pretty much safe. Something extra or not. West have pretty much got to turn up and they'll get a point and they should be in in their pool um, with um, quotients and so forth. But, yeah, it looks like a fair chance it'll be Stocko and West, but we'll come back to that uh, next week. We'll be able to preview the Tom Locker Cup final, Daniel. Yeah, great. Fantastic, Dave.
Now, just before we leave everybody, by the time we'll record next week, um, there are two Plan B games next week. Get down to Newcastle number one, some night cricket at the beautiful new renovated Newcastle number one sports ground. On Tuesday night, it's Tuesday the 8th, 6 p.m., Newcastle hosting Central Coast. And then on the Thursday nights, the, the local derby, Lake Mac versus uh, Newcastle. Now, if Newcastle win on Tuesday night, that Lake Mac Newcastle game will be a playoff to see who goes to North Sydney over later in the year. If Newcastle don't win, then Lake Mac uh, would be certainly favoured to go to be a very good chance to go through. Remember that the Central Coast got a home game on the 13th at Tugra against Hunter. So it could be a huge weekend. But Dan, if anybody's getting down there, I know you'll be there both nights. Should be some very good nights of cricket down there at number one. I haven't had a chance to look at it yet, though. I still can't believe I haven't, but I haven't got down there yet. So I'm looking forward to, to getting down there and having a look and watching some cricket down there because I've only heard fantastic reports from there. So really looking forward to it. And um, the way that the guys played on, on, on Sunday, um, it, it, should be, it should, be, should be two absolute belters of games. Oh, I, I think they should be good. It's great cricket. It's a very competitive Central Coast side. Justin Avendano's in, in, in that side. There's some very, very fine cricketers, including your very own, your little mate, Chris Archer from Merriweather, who'll be playing for Central Coast, of course. Right. Got six for on the weekend too, so he's in form. Six for 28 off 16 overs for the great Chris Archer for his beloved Northern Power, Dan. So he is in good form. Prado, thank you so much for your time. Look, uh, have a great weekend. Look forward to catching up with you next week, my friend. You too, Dave. Talk to you soon, mate. On behalf of Dan Proudman, this is David Redden. Everybody take care. We'll speak to you soon. Bye-bye.